let's make our confession before God. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should learn to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Thank you, Lord God. Please be seated. Thank you for your word today. Lift us up through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, my message is titled, Christ Will Restore Your Dignity. Christ Will Restore Your Dignity. Um, Indignity is what sin brings into a person's life. When God created mankind, God had such a tall order for every human. That was God's intent. And let me tell you this, that has not changed. God hasn't changed his mind. He's still the same person. When he created us, he created us, wanting us to have dominion. He wanted mankind to rule the earth. Man to be the God of the earth. He hasn't changed his mind about that. So he clothed mankind with dignity. Above every other being. No being was created in the image of God. Not even the angels. We were a different kind of being. We had his nature. The highest. There's no greater dignity than that. That was God's original intent. I know what it is. Today, we don't see ourselves that way. We don't see ourselves that way. A lot of things have come into our lives. Certain things have brought shame into our lives. Humiliation. Disgrace. Uncertainties. About the future, who we are. These things come to us, and every one of us is involved in this. And you're struggling. But that's not God's orig- that was not God's original intent when he created us. He created us and placed dignity upon us, and he hasn't changed his mind till this very day. He hasn't changed his mind. He's still the same today. Satan's job is to bring indignity into our lives. And he does this through sin. Sin is what brings indignity into our lives. And reduces us from the place God has placed us where we no longer know who we are. We are so certain of the future. There are so many problems in the homes or in your life. Your finances and everything. Everything seems to be... You can't get your hand over anything and you're not at peace because... Of the different things that are going on. But that's not the way God wants it. Not even while you are living on the earth. My wife just read. He wants. He says he will give you peace by all means. How can you have peace if you can By all means when you can't pay your bill. It's not possible. So if he's going to give you peace by all means. He's got to pay your bills. Hello. He's got to pay your bills. So you can have peace. By all means. So, Satan's job 
is to bring into your life indignity. And God's job is to restore you back to your place of dignity. To reestablish you. That's the word restore. To reestablish you. To rebuild you. To fix you. And bring you back to where you were. Even if you're struggling with depression and all of that. God says I'll kick that thing out of your life. And bring you back to your place of dignity and joy. That's what God's will is. You can imagine the indignity after Adam had sinned. He thought he could use fig leaves. <laughs> so fig leaves to cover his nakedness. That's how low you've come. After the earth, they found out they were naked. Why didn't they see they were naked before? They were not naked. They were clothed with glory. They knew the husband and wife. That wasn't the thing. They had the glory of God over their lives. And Satan, through sin, reduced them to the point where now, the wife and husband, they were sowing fig leaves to cover their nakedness. He said, we heard your voice. And we hid ourselves because we were naked. And God said, who told you you were naked? That shouldn't be the case. Many of us feel naked today. But I'm telling you, if God is God, you will be clothed before you leave this place this morning in Jesus' name. You won't feel naked and alone anymore. Because Jesus has come. He is the restorer. The one that rebuilds, that takes away shame, that takes away embarrassment, that takes away humiliation from your life. No matter what that humiliation is and wherever that humiliation is coming to your life, God's going to take that away from you and rebuild your life so that you have honor. He says, your light should shine before men that they may see your good works. And give glory to your Father in heaven. And that's going to happen. Amen? That's what they did. And God said, when God came, He said, what silly stuff you have over yourself. Those leaves. (laughs) You think you can clothe yourself? They couldn't. And you could. You cannot. God has to clothe you. It's his job to rebuild you. It's not your job to rebuild yourself. Your job is to believe he is willing and able through the blood of Jesus, through the death of Jesus, to rebuild your life no matter how low you've come, no matter how destructive Satan has been in your life, God can rebuild your life and he will make it just like brand new. He's able to do it. The only problem is we cannot believe him. That's the only thing that's standing in it. We can't believe him enough. Jesus said all things are possible if you can only believe. So the thing that is standing between me and full restoration back to Eden, the way God expected it, the only problem is I cannot see. I, don't, I can't trust him enough. I don't know if I can trust God to do this for me. 
my life is destroyed. I've destroyed everything. He knew it. He saw it. Others have come against you. He saw that. You were abused. He saw that. Now you're depressed and addicted. He sees it. He got so many issues. Yeah, those are the indignities Satan has brought over your life. But he is the restorer. And he will restore and bring you back to your former form. The way in his mind he created to be. Don't look at the problem. You look at the problem, that's why the problem becomes big. It's so close to your eyes, you can't see anything else. Now you can hear the master's voice. All you hear is the imaginations from the enemy. He comes with, your problem comes, he's come. I need to go further. John 10 verse 10. He says, the thief does not come. Hey, you got a thief that's after your life. It's not a thief. It's the thief. It's one big thief. And it's after your life. His job is to bring indignity into your life. All have sinned. God knows that. But God is taking care of the problem on the cross. If you're still in sin and not saved, it's because you have refused to receive. Or believe what Jesus did at the cross. But once you say yes to that, it's over. Now you've opened the door for God to start rebuilding your life. Amen? He starts rebuilding your life. And the more you believe, the more you open yourself to it, the more you can receive from God. You just have to believe. I've been in crusade where I'm preaching and I'm watching the people and I can see some of the young men as you're preaching, they are so energetic. They, you can't, their eyes follow you everywhere you go. You move this way, they follow you. They are so attentive. And I'm talking to them about receiving the Holy Spirit or something and they are so focused. And then you have others that are just like, oh, what's really going on? And when I call them for prayer, those individuals, it's like they're saying, Sir, why don't you shut up and call us up? We want to receive right now. You're talking too much. We got it. And I can tell. And once I give the call, they're up. And they match there. Before you know, they've received. And then I go back later, they're the leaders. You know why? Because they believe. They believe to the point where they're willing to receive. God holds nothing against your life. You're the one that's holding something against your life. God holds nothing against you. As far as God is concerned, the Son has taken care of the same problem. He's taking care of it. On the cross, that problem is taken care of. You are the one that's embracing it if you want to be involved in it. But if you let go, the same problem is gone. And God has nothing against you. He doesn't see any of that stuff anymore. Until the day of judgment. But his job is to restore. The thief does not come, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But then Jesus said, this is the Lord of hosts. This is the Lord of the universe. He said, I have come. Say that with me. I have come that you may have dignity 
Life. Not just life, but to have that life in abundance. Think about it. My mission, I came to the earth that you might have life. And that's the truth. I came to this world. God himself came against the enemy. So he's himself against the thief. Amen. The thief wants to bring indignity into your life. But he came to bring you dignity. Now you will suffer indignities. But Jesus comes to give you indignity by rebuilding your life. So that the former days are forgotten. As if they didn't exist. He's able to do it. Many times when the enemy comes in, he wants to destroy you. He wants to bring you down. He wants to bring shame to your family. He wants to bring you shame. They're talking about repossessing your car, your family sickness, and all kinds of stuff. He wants to bring you down. But if you fail, refuse to look at the problem, and you focus on the master, and just listen to what the master is saying, my sheep hear my voice, not the voice of the enemy. When you hear the enemy's voice, what comes into you is, what's going to happen now? This problem is coming to my life. Why? To bring you indignity. And now the enemy begins to minister to you, and give you all kinds of imaginations. He gives you roads of what will happen. If this is going to happen to you, you're going to lose this. You're going to lose your kids. What's going to happen? What would your neighbors think about you? What would your family think about you? What, I mean, and then all of this stuff, you can't even go to sleep. If you listen to the voice of the enemy, you're going down. That's when he's going to get you. But if you shut the enemy down because your restorer says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. The restorer is always sitting by your side, no matter what's going on. And guess what? Everything that's happening in your life is working for you. If God's word is the truth, and I know that's the truth, and cannot change because God and his word are one and the same, he says all things work together for good. So while you sit down, there are things that are working for you. The good and the bad, both of them working for you. And when it's true, it's for your good, according to the word of God. So never listen to the enemy, because he says, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Those problems will come, but don't look to it. I got the greater one with me. I'm not a spirit. I got the greater one with me. I will make it. I'll get my dignity back. Amen? Even, but I'm not going to let him take me down. Amen? I'm not going to let him take me down. I know in whom I believe. And I trust him. He is forever faithful. He never fails. I can't trust myself. (laughs) Maybe you can. But I can't trust myself. But I know I can trust him. He is ever faithful. So because of that, I know he came to the world. And those words haven't changed. He came that you might have life. To bring your life dignity. If you're depressed, God wants to free you from that. And all he needs for you to believe. Don't try to imagine how he's going to do it. Just believe it. And wait. They that wait on the Lord. You know what it says? When you wait on the Lord, just wait for him. Wait. Believe him. 
Not wait complaining and telling everybody your troubles and magnifying your troubles. I don't know why God's doing it. It's not God is doing it to you. You're doing it to yourself by talking. Taking all those, talking about all of those things. Your words are very important. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So you need to watch what you're saying. There are things never to be spoken. You let them die a natural death. Amen. So God looking down at them because of the thief. God says, I'll do something about it. I'm going to restore every one of them. In Isaiah 42, verse 22, it tells us this. But this is a people robbed. You remember the thief? Yeah, a people robbed and plundered. All of them. When God says all of them, that means all of them. That's including you. Robbed and plundered. All of them and snared in holes. Not one hole, holes, all kinds of holes. Holes of financial problem, holes of family trouble, holes, holes of marriage. Just snared. Satan wants to bring them indignity. This is the word of God. And God saw this. These people have been stolen. God, Satan is stealing from them. They are being plundered. Every one of them. And they are hidden in prison houses. They are for prey. And no one delivers. See, God's like, somebody's got to do something about that. Amen? So whatever you're going through this morning... God's going to do something about that. Would you believe me? Yes, God's going to do something about it. It may not be overnight, but God stays with it. You, it didn't take overnight for you to get into the trouble, right? <laughs> it won't be overnight to come out of it. But listen, the Bible says, weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen? Your joy is coming in the morning. Amen? And your money, God will determine. Amen? No one says delivers for plunder, and no one says restore. So God's wanting somebody to say restore. I'm not going to wait for somebody to say it for me. I'm saying it on myself. <laughs> Would you say it on yourself? Tell me, restore. God says no one is saying Restore. You know why there is no restoration? You're not saying it. You're so busy talking about the problem. Hello? You're not saying restore. I'm in prison. I'm in prison. Yeah, you're going to say in prison. God says, restore. I need somebody to say the word restore. I need somebody to say. Somebody to say the word deliver. That's right. That's right. That's what it says. There are people plundered. They're in holes. Different kind of holes that they're in. But God says, I need somebody to do something about it. Thank God Jesus came from heaven. And he's done something about it. Now for me, it's just to believe and agree with him. And believe what he says to the point where I say it without fear. And believe that's my destiny. That's my portion. 
That's the way it's going to be. Joel, God, in Joel chapter 2 verse 25, it says, So I will restore to you the years. How many of you have been in some problem over the years? Oh, God says, I'm going to restore the years. Maybe the years that it says here, that the swarming locusts are eating. That's one kind of locust. That's one kind of problem. Maybe it's your finances. But not just that. The crawling locusts. Some other kind of problem. God says it's been used, but I'm going to restore all of them. Does God mean what he's saying? Is he able to do it? Those years of difficulty are coming to an end this morning. Can I hear an amen? God's able to do it. I believe God can do it. I don't have to be afraid. The God that we serve is alive. And that's enough for me. I don't have to understand everything. You don't have to understand everything. All you need to do is believe God's on your side. And he's already said it. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Even when you fall, he's there with you. If a man has a hundred sheep and one is missing, that's the falling one, right? He leaves the rest of them. He goes after that one that is having a hard time. Yeah, he's always going to be with you. And he'll bring you back on his shoulders with joy. Amen? Rejoicing and saying, rejoice with me. I found my sheep. Restoration is taking place. Amen? The consuming locusts, the chewing locusts, my great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Eat in plenty! Amen! (laughs) Eat in plenty! All we have to believe, all we have to do is believe what he says. I will, will, not me, eat in plenty. Is it all about eating? (laughs) If it's all about eating, this country has so much food, it's going to be a real problem for us, right? I'm going to just eat in plenty. (laughs) That's not too good. But what God is saying Every area of your life. Amen? You're satisfied. And you got peace. That's what God says. That's what they want. You eat in plenty. And be satisfied. You will be satisfied. And then you will praise God. Because God is doing a job. Now let me say this. Many times when problems come into our lives. Or problems come into our lives. What we do is we move from our stronghold. That's what we do. We focus on the problem. Something comes in the mail. You were happy before. Joyful, praising God. You had a good time praying. Now you just read a few words from a letter. Now you're crying and depressed. It's as if God's not there anymore. You've forgotten you have a God. And in your depression and your sadness because of what you've seen in the mail, God's already saw what was coming in the mail before you opened it. And you already had a plan for it. How to deal with it. But you don't know that. Because you have to walk by faith, right? 
And if you're not walking by faith, you're in sin. Everything that is not of faith, the Bible says in Romans, is sin. So God wants you to walk on faith. He already sees, he's seen it. He's God Almighty. He knows everything. He saw that thing before they came to his child. Will a father stay silent and do nothing about that? No. Your place is the place of rest. That's why he said, Come to me, all you who labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Your job is to stay in that place. But what we do, whenever we have problems, we leave and vacate our stronghold. And once we vacate our stronghold, then Satan begins to give us all kinds of imaginations. That's why the scripture says, casting down imaginations. Why would God ask you to cast down imaginations if imaginations cannot do you injury? Why? Why should you cast down imaginations? Imaginations will come. A little problem, now your mind is all over the place. As the enemy is telling you all kinds of stories about what's happened to your life in the past and how it's going to get worse and how you're going to be shamed and what your neighbors will think about you, what your friends will think about you, what your wife, whatever anybody will think about you. Those are the imaginations coming into your mind. And they're not from God. They're from the enemy. And if you will put a stop to it, listen, it says in Zechariah chapter 9 verse 12, return to your stronghold. Amen? I'm saying to the Ark Fellowship, every one of us, whatever you're going through, go back to your stronghold. Your stronghold is the name of Jesus. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. And guess what? They are saved. Run to your stronghold. Don't abandon your stronghold because of that little problem that came into your life. Now it may be big to you, but before God, that thing is really little. He's just like a little pebble. Before God, but for you it's big, but go back to your stronghold. He says, return to your stronghold. You prisoner of hope. Go back to your stronghold. Even today, say with me today. Even today, God is declaring to you, if you will run back to your stronghold, even today, God says, I declare that I will restore what? I will restore double. God will restore double. God will restore double. How many of you have vacated your stronghold? You need to repent right now. Amen. Cry out. Say, God, forgive me. I'm coming back to my stronghold. I've been worried and concerned about all these problems. Jesus has said, take no thought for the morrow. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Forget the evil thereof. I'll take care of what I can do now. i leave the rest for the Lord. I'm returning to my stronghold. I'm returning to my stronghold. 
Jesus is my stronghold. And who can move him? You know, I enjoy that scripture where Jesus said, those that the Father has given to me, no one can pluck them out of my hand. He says, because the Father who gave them to me is greater than all. I'm part of that. I'm in his hand. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of anything. God's able to take care of me. My family, my children. God's able. If you can kill God. <laughs> Hello. You must be really powerful if you can do that. If you can kill God, then you can really hurt me. You try your best. That's what the enemy is doing. But he will never succeed. God will restore double to you. Can I hear the word double this morning? That's my portion. Say it with me. Double. That's my portion. Whatever you're going through this morning, this message doesn't come because you got a word to speak. No. This is real. And Jesus is here to confirm his word. The Bible says the Lord walked with them, confirming the word with signs following. The sign is for you to receive today. Amen. The Bible tells us when this happened in the Ark Fellowship, the end of the beginning of this year, we said that this year is going to be the year of what? Joy and gladness. <coughs> Excuse me. Satan says, what did you say? I'm going to bring you grief and pain. No. It's going to be the year of joy and gladness because we are returning to our stronghold. Amen. We're returning to our stronghold. Psalm 126, verse 1 through 3. It says, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion. That's the captivity. The, the, this this uh, indignity, I mean, that said the enemy is brought into our lives. When God brought back that, the restoration of that, God restored us. He says, we were like those who dream. It's like a dream. We were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter. There's going to be laughter throughout this year at the Ark Fellowship in Jesus' name. There's going to be laughter in your life. There's going to be laughter in your family. No matter what you're going through, God will kick that problem out of your life. And there will be laughter in your life because Jesus is the same yesterday Today and forever, God is showing us that there's going to be laughter at the Ark Fellowship. Let me tell you what, God's doing a lot of stuff. I heard this week, 25 inmates got saved this last Thursday. 25. They are being filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, they were told, don't you talk to them about the Holy Spirit. But the inmates come, we want to receive the Holy Spirit. Thank you for asking. Uh, when Michael, Michael said, uh, I'm going to pray for you. Have you heard anybody speak in tongues before? They said, no, you're going to hear it now. You're going to hear them speak in tongues. Then I wonder. <laughs> and uh, Michael here preached a great sermon. That's what I heard. You were the one that preached, right? Great. 25 people got saved. God's doing something. God's restoring. God's on the move. Amen. And we're going to see that at the Ark Fellowship as well because this is what God's doing here. I'm so grateful to God. He says, then our mouth will be filled with uh, laughter. 
So there's going to be a lot of laughter here at the Ark Fellowship. We're high-fiving each other. What's God doing in your life? I hear from Dor from time to time. There's so much God doing there. This is amazing because we got God on our side. Don't you ever think God's going to be against you no matter what you've done. No. God's never disappointed at you. He's not disappointed. He knows everything. But his love remains. That's why it's called good news. That's why it's called good news. I want to be around him. Because every time you are around God, you feel that goodness. That mercy in his presence. That's the God we serve. Our mouths filled with laughter. Then they will say among the nations, the Lord has done good things for them. Your friends and your neighbors, they say, he used to have this problem. We don't know how he got out of it. Hello? He, he couldn't feed his family two months ago. Now they're buying brand new cars. What's going on? Amen. They can't understand. You don't have to understand it. Just accept it. Amen. They were struggling two months ago. And they borrowed money. Now they are building a new house. What's going on? God's able to do that. What you have struggled to build in 50 years. In a week. God can change all of that. God can change all of that. And you will be like outside watching and going... What's going on? What's really happening? Like one fellow, God blessed him so much, he, he went to repent. He said, God, am I doing anything wrong? This blessing? I don't understand what you're doing. Why are they coming? Is Satan coming after me? Did I, did I miss it somewhere? God had to confirm, you know, comfort him, give him something good to eat. <laughs> but God's going to do that this year for us. Amen. I believe that. God's going to do that for us. God's do that. No shame. No disgrace. No shame. No disgrace. We can always trust God for that. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The Bible tells us that. Not going to, he has. Will the enemy want to bring those things to us? Yeah. That's why he's called the tempter. Right? That's why he's called the tempter. The accuser. He's going to want to do that to us. Especially when we don't know it. Every time we're ignorant of what God says, or we know what God says and we don't really believe it, the enemy will come at it. And even when you know, God will allow tests. But every test that you go through is a test for your promotion. It's always a test. God, it says, the time came when God tested Abraham. God's going to test you. And sometimes it's, you're blindsided by it. But no complaint. Go through the test. Because the promotion is there for you. You can't go to the next level until you pass the test. You know that. And it's the same way God works in this world. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Galatians 3 verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Cursed is everyone, as it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham 
might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. You know, I was looking at that scripture. Abraham is gone. Right? Abraham had the blessing on his life. After Abraham left, God said, I am the God of Abraham, right? And then after Abraham, God became the God of Abraham, and then his son Isaac. No Jacob yet. God now becomes the God of Abraham and Isaac. And Abraham, uh, Jacob prayed, God of my father, my Abraham and Isaac. And then after those left, and Ab- uh, Jacob, now God become the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now that Jacob is left, God has become the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and good luck. I know you were not expecting that. I know you were not expecting that. But that's the truth. The blessing of Abraham. Amen. Was on Isaac. Was on Jacob. Now is on you. So God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and me. He's my God. Hallelujah. He's my God. He'll restore you back to that place. Amen. (coughs) I'm going to close with this because of time. I saw a man uh, in the Old Testament, Jacob, I just mentioned him, that suffered in his mind a lot of indignity. How many of you will serve just to have a wife, a lady, for seven years? She's going to work for a man, no pay, (laughs) for seven years, just to have a lady. She's growing older every year. (laughs) And it's looking a little different. (laughs) My wife's going to kill me. (laughs) She's going to kill me when I get home. (laughs) It's over for me. (laughs) But he served for 14 years for this one lady. (laughs) Oh, Lord, have mercy. Just to have the love of his life. Rachel, for 14 years, he was deceived. He didn't care about it. He continued working for no pay. But after 14 years, he continued to work, getting nothing much. And his children were being taken care of by his father-in-law. And he felt such indignity, even though... His father Isaac has placed the blessing of Abraham on him. That's the place sometimes we find ourselves. But you know what? As he was suffering that, 
God came to him in a dream. Amen? God gave him a dream. The dream is almost like a voodoo type dream. Okay? If you look at it, because it doesn't make sense. It's just like you put potted and uh, speckled trees and they made before the time. And then the animals will give that. It doesn't make sense. You understand what I'm saying? But it came from God. It came from God. And that was his deliverance. God will come into your life with something that doesn't make sense. But if you will believe it and you trust it, God will take you from that place of indignity and put you all the way to the top. Can I hear an amen? It may not make sense to you, but God brings it to you. All you have to do is believe it. How can you believe just by carving these trees trees and get them spotted and then the animals will change their DNA? Think about it. It doesn't make sense. But when God wants to restore you, He bypasses everything that makes sense. Amen. He bypasses everything, but the thing is asking you, just stay with me, okay? Don't try to understand it. Stay with me. I'm bringing you to the other side. And by the time he was through with Jacob, Jacob could employ his employer. I say that again. Jacob had so much, his employer had very little. That's the way it ended. And they got mad. This guy came and he got all this stuff from us. Why? God gave it to him. And restore him to the place as a son of Abraham. Amen? That's your portion this morning. That's your portion this morning. Every problem that you're dealing with in your life, God's going to take it out of your life this year. This is going to be a year in our church of joy and gladness. Can you hear the word? Joy. And this side says gladness. Joy. Gladness. Joy. Gladness. Joy. Just say it. And believe it. And the Bible says he will do it. Amen. Stand up this morning. Amen. God is ever true to his promise. Man may fail you. They'll promise you. They don't have all resources. He has everything. When they fail, it's not because they want to fail. They can't help you. But he is able to help you. God is able to help you. You're here this morning for a reason. Some of you, God's calling back home. He needs that connection with you. And he's missed that maybe for years. You haven't given him room. To come into your life. Today he wants you to make that connection to him. Sometimes we are so conscious of everybody else. That's one thing I'm praying. God deliver me from that. Let me not concern myself about what anybody thinks. I just want my relationship with you. That's what is important to me. 
I pray that that's your prayer this morning. I pray that you decide I'm going to connect back with my Heavenly Father. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to connect with Him. I want to serve Him. I want to be a part of His family. And God is willing. He's been waiting for you. Some of us made a commitment, but we turned around and went our own way. We didn't stay with Him. But we want to come back home this morning. If that's you today... I want you to let God know that you are willing to come back home. You want to make that commitment. You were serving God before, but something had come into your life. You left your stronghold. You've compromised in certain areas. God doesn't hold us against you. All he's asking, please come back home, son. Come back home, daughter. I need you in my family. You hurt his heart. The longer you stay out there, he's grieved by it. I'm not going to be the one that's going to make God sad in any way, if that's possible. I'm going to make that commitment to him. If you're here this morning, all bow your heads, everybody in here, please, and all eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you want to make that commitment, you want to reconnect with your father in heaven, I will say one, two, three, at the count of three, please lift your hand up before God. Not before man, but before God. Be sincere. If you're sincere, God will take you up. And things will change beginning right now. At the count of three, let me see your hand up. One, two, three, put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. It's wonderful. Say with me, everyone. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the great restoration. Today, I commit my life to you, Lord Jesus, and receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, welcome into my life. Thank you for your love for me. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, let's give him a clap, offering for this.